Hello and welcome to another episode of Crack Encrypteds and Curios. This is Matt once again, joined by Angel. Earlier this week, Angel, you told me about a game you recently designed that you are trying to crowdfund and get on Kickstarter. The name of this one is called Stones and Pickles. It is... <laughs> it is what you refer to as a head-to-head, multi-phase card combat judging party game that has just a few simple rules, you say. Players start with several cards in their hand. Four of them are what are considered a base card, which contains a stone or a pickle, but with some quirky thing about it. For instance, it could be the most famous wall-sitting hobbyist known to mankind, Humpty Dumpty, but as a pickle, or the legendary straw-to-gold spinster, Rumpelstiltskin, but as, but as a stone. The art. The art is very whimsical and and, and comical. I'm just thinking about it. I'm cracking up. There are then very, very, there are then various modifier cards that you play to enhance your stone. Or, or pickle, such as, but has the strongest arms in the world, or can whistle any song. You then play a negative modifier on your opponent's character, such as, their entire epidermis is just rough elbow skin, or has freckles that produce bug larvae when getting intimate. So finally, you argue why your stone or pickle character would beat the other player's character, and then the other players who did not play a stone or pickle that round, who are considered the judges, choose who wins that contest. You then rotate players and continue on until someone has six victories. How did you come up with stones and pickles? Well, you know my love for TikTok? I mean... Is this a new trend? Well, it was a trend to eat a gallon of pickles. And I'm glad you did not say stones. <laughs> no. And I thought <laughs> I thought to myself, eating pickles is so last year. What if we did something different with them? And I don't know if you ever heard the, the term kick rocks, which which means as as you get out, leave. An, is that an idiom? Y- yes, it is. <laughs> so I happened to be kicking rocks because I was annoying all of my uh, neighbors and and people that uh, my loved ones. So I was outside, literally, quite literally, kicking some rocks. And then I said, "That's what the idiom means." But then I said, "Oh, stones and pickles." <laughs> How'd your mind get there? <laughs> well. I was looking down, right, and one of the stones was uh, uh, elongated, and it kind of had, like, pickles. It looked like a pickle. So, so it reminded you of the TikTok mm-hmm. pickle chug challenge? It sure did. Just like the radio song reminded that dude about the Ningen. <laughs> the idiot dancer or whatever it's called. <laughs> yes. And so I had to give tribute to 
to the inspiration. So I said, okay, pickles is fine, but how do we incorporate stones in there as well? And so there you have it. And then you thought, you know what? This would make a great basis for a game. At least a great title. Anything could be made into a game, really. Yeah, I mean, we've discussed it several previous games that you've made, but there are similar games to this that have popped up over the years, but yours has a special part that I did not mention because I wanted it to come straight from the mouth of the designer. So please tell our audience what your special design is. Well, the special design is that in the middle of the board, there's like a structure, you know how, you know, like Mousetrap has a whole uh, a Rube Goldberg style mm-hmm. uh, trap thing to capture the mouse. Well, my contraption is a pickle made out of a stone. <laughs> Wouldn't it just be a stone? <laughs> no, because it's edible. What type of geological element is the pickle? Salt. Salt. When you're telling, or saying what was going to be on the board, I really thought you were going to say it was a slum. A slum apartment was in the middle of the board. I don't know why I would ever say anything like that. <laughs> if you could get one brand or intellectual property to add it in as a threshold goal, for the Kickstarter, you know, meaning you need to raise so much money on Kickstarter to unlock this um, this expansion. What would it be? Milton Bradley. Just, it, just him. <laughs> just the guy, Milton Bradley, or like all of their uh, their properties. All of their properties, yes. So there, what would there be like, um, like battleship versions of a pickle? And as as one of the characters you could play, well, you would there would be stones, and you would shoot shoot pickles at each other. The hell are you talking about? <laughs> Battleship. So, like, does the expansion add battleship to stones and pickles? Like you just get all of their properties as a part of this game? Why not? You're going to need to raise a lot of money, too. I'm an ambitious dude. It's either all or nothing. I think you're going to need about $500 million just to buy out whoever owns Milton Bradley now. I think that's a dead company. No, it's not dead. Not unless I can bring it back to life. <laughs> Man. Well, I hope uh, in the coming weeks you'll let us know when that Kickstarter is going to launch so everyone can just jump on board and start uh, pledging. Hashtag stones and pickles. Hashtag stones and pickles. Uh, so let us now move on to some articles in the news. We have two this week. First one coming up from (laughs) MysteriousUniverse.org. It is titled, Possible Reptilian Entity Encounter in Venezuela. And it goes on to say, it goes on to read, (laughs) It's all so stupid. (laughs) 
How do you know if, if a shape-shifting reptilian has been in your house while you were out? What a lead sentence, my god. Footprints might be a good hint, especially if they're 10 inches long. Not very big footprint. And have odd abnormal toes. The fact that the footprints seem to appear and disappear would be another clue. Especially if the doors were locked, the windows barred, and no one was inside their residence. What? Welcome to the Twilight Zone of articles of Adrian Escalante, a resident of Caracas, Venezuela, who seems to have had a close encounter with a reptilian. Hector Escalante, a well-known South American UFO researcher and journalist, revealed the account told to him by Adrian Escalante on Instagram. <laughs> Is this a family job? The incident took place on, on November 6, 2021, in a house in the center of Caracas. Adrian Escalante told him the prince were found on the second floor, an unusual place that would have led one to look for Prince on the stairs. At the <laughs> Why is it unusual? I'm completely lost in this article. An unusual place that would have led one to look for Prince on the stairs, at the door, near a window, and outside. Hector Escalante is a thorough investigator and checked all those places and found no other prints. The only uh, the only two prints in the house were 10 inches long made of dark mud that had already dried by the time. <laughs> uh, that had dr uh, that had already dried by the time he saw them. <laughs> it says <laughs> Did this creature oh. <laughs> oh, I see this goddamn green Bigfoot staring at me as I read this article. <laughs> <clears throat> this article i didn't read it i just thought like this this one seems good oh no that's why <laughs> i had to read it beforehand because this this article's wild <laughs> it reads did this creature arrive while it was raining <sighs> Venezuela has had its share of chupacabra sightings but Hector Escalante doesn't seem to think that's what made these prints Maybe the first person ever not suggest something didn't belong to the chupacabra. The country has a Bigfoot-like creature called the Mono Grande. <laughs> Does it? The country has a Bigfoot creature called the Mono Grande, but these don't look like humanoid or primate prints. The closest cryptid might be the giant caiman, which is said to resemble a regular 16-foot caiman. <laughs> but grows, but grows <laughs> up to three times as large 
and is capable of crushing boats and swallowing humans whole. <laughs> it's the Lake Placid monster. A beast of that size would have left a path of destruction in a house. So, so that gets ruled out too. So we have the Chupacabra and Giant Cayman ruled out. No possibility of them putting the muddy footprint on the second floor. Hesker Escalante throws interdimensional entities of a reptilian <laughs> of a reptilian nature into the realm of possibilities because there's nothing else <laughs> because there's nothing else to blame other than a hoax could a reptilian have entered the house of Adrian Escalante if so why Caracas is the capital of Venezuela and has had major political problems for years <laughs> Could the reptilians be causing them? <laughs> what? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's all the data provided by Hector Escalante on the mysterious reptilian-like footprints found in Caracas. If it was a hoax, it was impressively executed. If it was a reptilian, let's hope Hector keeps an eye on the situation and keeps us informed. Angel, what the hell did I just read? This article has got to be so... There's so many things that I just... I feel like I skipped like seven paragraphs that just didn't appear. I mean, I, I want to go back to the beginning where aside from the how do you know if a shape-shifting reptilian has been in your house... It says, footprints might be a good hint. First of all, if I find footprints inside my house, the last thing I'm going to be thinking is shape-shifting reptilian. Why, why does it have to be shape-shifting? Why can't it just be a reptilian? And it says, it says it's a good hint, especially if they're 10 inches long and have... I, 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 are reptilians known for having 10-inch feet? I mean, I don't understand. That's Angel, that's less than half of Shaquille O'Neal's foot. And it says, and this is my favorite part, it says have odd abnormal toes. Does that mean that the regular abnormal toes look a certain way? That these are so different from regular abnormal toes that they're described as odd abnormal toes? Mm -hmm. So there <laughs> there is a uh, a link, a hyperlink in the article that you can click that shows you a picture of the of the footprints. And it it looks like it has five toes, so it's not missing digits like other reptilians that we have uh, seen on this show. But they're very pointed and gnarled, like they're going several different directions, the toes are. It also looks like it's on a piece of sheet metal. I don't know what floor. <laughs> this is a picture of butts. Um, hey, Caracas... You gotta do what you gotta do. I still don't know why why they're odd, if they're already abnormal. Don't understand that. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, odd abnormal. <laughs> it's 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 uh, exponentially abnormal. The, the next thing is that the fact. This is what the sentence says. The fact that footprints seem to appear and disappear would be another clue. Another clue to what? Again, if I find footprints that don't go anywhere, I'm not thinking shape-shifting reptilian. Why would I come to that conclusion? 
And then... Oh, especially if the doors were locked, the windows barred, and no one was inside the residence, Angel. I mean, all those come to a line? Shapeshifting reptilian. And then you alluded to Adrian Escalante talking to the journalist Hector Escalante. (laughs) Like, are they related? The article doesn't even say no relation or anything like that, so I'm just going to assume they are related, and they're all in on it, because... Why would Hector Escalante, a well-known South American UFO researcher and journalist, not look into this thing that his brother so obviously made up? <laughs> or his son? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think I blacked out halfway through the, <laughs> through the article. I don't, I don't, it's, don't have much more to the, add. It's the green Bigfoot picture. It's, it's hypnotizing you just like the skunk ape would. It was intimidating to read this article with a hulked out Bigfoot staring at me. Uh, and then, oh, how, what what do you make of the the, the chupacabra reference? That's just, possibly just, it, it's it's it, it's there's no possibility this was the chupacabra. I was just gonna talk about how it, it the article is just kind of. Assumed, hey, South America, cryptids, gotta be chupacabra, right? <laughs> so let's go ahead and rule it out. And it's like, what? Like, if I look, if I, I live in North America, if I say I saw a cryptid, is anyone gonna assume I saw Bigfoot? No, because they're gonna expect to find out where I'm from, like where specifically are. So, but suddenly I see a cryptid in South America. Oh, let's see if it's the chupacabra. Okay, sure, sure. Let's rule it out. <laughs> and then. And then Hector seems to think that it's 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 not the Chupacabra because because it looks it doesn't even say why it's it just it even says that the the, the he just it doesn't seem to think that these <laughs> but why the like there's no so then it's ruled out because he doesn't think it <laughs> it goes on to explain that the the the, the footprints uh, don't look humanoid or like primates. And we know that the chupacabra is supposed to be some sort of a re- weird reptilian thing, and maybe possibly dog-like. So why is mm-hmm. it ruled out? I I don't and, understand. And it's a shapeshifter. <laughs> and and but beyond the fact, I looked at the footprints. I mean, they they sort of do look humanoid. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't. They certainly don't look like an alligator. <laughs> That's, a, a one that's three times sixteen feet. Cru- that's like crushing boats. That's like, <laughs> that's like uh, seven Shaquille O'Neal's. My favorite though is the interdimensional entity of a reptilian nature. So once again, I have to ask if it's like are reptilians the the creature that all living forms uh, uh evolve into? Like, is this what they're? achieving why is this interdimensional thing a reptilian like i don't understand what is with this reptilian stuff he just he threw it into the realm of possibility he was just throwing stuff at the wall and i'm gonna throw this at the wall an interdimensional entity of primate nature (laughs) how's that an interdimensional entity of primate nature Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm why couldn't it have gnarled look and toe feet? <laughs> Here's another one. An interdimensional entity of octopus nature. 
I propose a interdimensional entity of uh, Hector Escalante nature. Maybe it went there and put footprints there, hoping that this dimension's Hector Escalante would find them or report on them. Are you suggesting like an alternate dimension Hector? So, uh, so-called AD Hector? Is that an 80s Skinner joke? <laughs> it's <does> something. <laughs> oh, we didn't even make it on the rails for this episode, and our <laughs> our train has become a ghost train. <laughs> like John Henry when he died. <laughs> John Henry when he died. Uh, maybe it was an interdimensional ghost train that left the prince on the second floor. I don't know. Anything else you wanted to add to this article before no, this article you know. has done enough damage to the both of us? Uh, well, hold on to your butt cheeks, Angel, because our next one get a firm grip because we're going to unexplainedmysteries.com to discuss. We might want to go back to the, the Venezuelan reptilian. <laughs> <laughs> Some heavy editing for this episode. <laughs> this one's titled Mysteries Re- Revisited. I missed the first one. Mysteries Revisited. Russian genius claims to be a reincarnation of a Martian. So we spoke uh, a little bit off camera about this one, but I want to get your true feelings of this article, Angel. <sighs> Boriska Kripianovich has made some fantastical claims about his past life and his purpose on Earth. Kiprianovich, who hails from Volograd, is not no, not your typical genius. While his superior memory, language skills, and mathematical prowess are not uncommon in savants, it is... I'm getting dizzy. It is where he claims to have obtained his knowledge and abilities that make his case particularly unusual. According to reports, Kiprianovich claims to be the reincarnation of an individual who once lived on the planet Mars as part of a civilization that was devastated by a nuclear conflict. He also claims that some of his species continue to survive to this day on the Red Planet and they are currently working to rebuild their society in the wake of a disaster. His purpose on Earth, he maintains, is to help ensure that the same thing doesn't happen here. While it's easy to dismiss Kiprianovich's story as the product of an overactive imagination, there is no denying that his skills and knowledge are way above average. According to his mother, he had gained the ability to read and draw when he was less than two years old and always maintained a keen interest in Mars and space exploration as a young child. When he began school... His teachers were also impressed by his intellect. But could there really be any truth to what he is saying? They've also left out the <laughs> the biggest thing of the story. But there could be. But could there really be any truth to what he is saying? 
Mars is a highly inhospitable place, and if there was a nuclear conflict between two warring factions, there is no evidence on it, of it on the surface today. Furthermore, the conditions on Mars are such that it would make survival practically impossible. Perhaps he recalls a life on some other distant world in a far-off solar system. Then again, perhaps his memories of a past life as an alien are the product of his childhood fascination with the topic. We will probably never know for sure. So before I get your response here, Angel, there are some grave things that they left out of this article. One being... Uh, Kriprianovich claims that behind the Sphinx's ear, he can't exactly remember where, there is a switch that will open up the Sphinx to reveal all of humanity's secrets. Mm -hmm. There, uh, another claim was that the <clears throat> that the Martians live on; they breathe carbon dioxide. <laughs> so I think that I think that was the major things that were left out of the unexplained mysteries version of this story. So what what are you thinking here with uh, our boy Boriska Kiprianovich? Well, I'd like to comment on what you brought up. This unexplained mysteries website leaving out the two biggest bits of info seems a little suspect to me. How do you not lead with the Sphinx thing? Exactly. The, I think they know something. And maybe, maybe. <laughs> Covering up? <laughs> You're saying? I think maybe the Sphinx's ear has been tampered with since since that article was printed. You know, I looked after when we were discussing this one off, off air. I looked up a picture of the Sphinx. I think I even sent you a picture of <laughs> like a gif of the Sphinx. And the ear is like... It, there's nothing behind the ear. It, it's it's there's like it it's sculpted into something else. The ear isn't just free out there and forming. Mm -hmm. Like you can't go behind the ear. Or so you think. Maybe it's the other <laughs> other side. The other ear. I thought we were gonna say maybe it's the other sphinx. <laughs> Wasn't there another sphinx? We're point? thinking of the wrong one. Uh, anyway. Why is it called? Why is it called the Sphinx then? If there's another one, <laughs> I think it was like uh, because it was the only one that was uncovered, and they're like, "Is this is this a the Sphinx versus a Sphinx scenario?" Uh, it could be the Sphinxes. So, what do you make of his claims of being a? Uh, I think they also left this out: the reincarnation of the Martians who are immortal. <laughs> yes, that's right. There's so many claims that they left out. So he's a reincarnated Martian. How's the immortal being be re reincarnated? Is that their immortality? A good question. The other question is, why is he being reincarnated into a human? That makes him mortal, not immortal anymore. I mean, do we know that Boriska Kiprianovich isn't immortal? Do we know if he's human? <laughs> is he taking in our carbon dioxide that we put out? <laughs> Is he a tree? A tree people? He's a man-eating tree? tree? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answers to this question. These questions. Um, what I do know is that he's making these claims. <laughs> and I would like to actually hear more from the people who seem to think that he's a pretty bright kid or whatever. I think he's not a kid anymore, so I don't know why they keep... 
Uh, yeah, he's not. I love the sentence in there. Like it, all the sentences. It, when he began school, his teachers were also impressed by his intellect. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine the teachers like, oh, Bariska, my, 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 my God, such intellect. I just imagine that they say like, what's two plus two? And he, and he raises his hand. And he says four. And they're like, very nice, Bariska. Very nice. And then he goes on to say, "There's a switch behind the Sphinx's ear." All right, you can you can stop talking now. <laughs> I'm a, a Martian. All right, go to the principal's office. You've done enough damage. When the kids start rising up, release the Martian. <laughs> Let him be free. Martian friend. <laughs> I I don't know what to make of this. Like. Why? <laughs> Why? Like, instead of celebrating, this guy, uh, this guy needs, like, I don't know. F- I don't want to say professional help because he doesn't sound like he's nutty or anything like that. But I don't know. Like, is this news? I I mean, nobody's talking about my bunker issues. <laughs> <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> I've had many conversations with others. I have have an ear on things. So far, it's been quiet. Anything else you wanted to add about uh, Bariska and his claims of Martian reincarnation? Um, I do actually. I if if you're listening to this, I want to be a Martian. So please reincarnate me into a Martian body, Bariska, and maybe I can learn the ways of the immortals and perhaps. Re- help rebuild the Martian society that has collapsed, even though they're immortal. You you say that, but at the same time, like the the thought process of him being a formerly immortal Martian reincarnated into a mortal human would imply that there is now ability for a human soul to go into a future Martian, right? Because I don't see why not. There's a possibility. I mean, this could happen. We can become immortal, y'all. Martians. <laughs> I do love the the line that the author <laughs> threw in of, perhaps he recalls a life on some other distant world in a far-off solar system. <laughs> you stupid fool, you're not from Mars. You could be from somewhere else, though. You're from Altair, come on. <laughs> uh, he's from... <laughs> No more. No, I don't want to talk about <laughs> articles anymore. <laughs> so, with those absolutely game-changing stories, and <laughs> almost half an hour later, out of the way, why don't we change our attention to this week's Entity Angel? I mean, why not? <laughs> Six hours later, we might be done with this. Now, this episode, we are looking at something... <laughs> That is so amazing. It has multiple names. It has AKA's angel. It has Akka's. So grandiose. One name was not enough to contain the creature. I mean, a a Chad Lewis, uh, not the NFL star, uh, fever dream, being able to give five names to a creature. This made me think... If you could have three other names given to you, I don't, I don't know if I want to ask this question, what would they be? 
Well, I'm glad you asked this question because I came prepared. I always keep a list of names I want people to call me, and I constantly update the list. But since you've narrowed it down to three, I'm just going to take these off and say. <laughs> so for the most recent one, I watched Shang-Chi, and the character of Wu Wen has many names, too. I want his of the most dangerous man on Earth. Although a close second is Aleister Crowley's The Wickedest Man in the World. <laughs> Aleister Crowley. So you can do some mad, uh, black magic with that name too. Yeah. So one of those names, I don't care. Just uh, somebody wants to gift it to me. It's great. Gift it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So one, I don't know why, but the name that I thought you were going to say was, was The Masked Magician. Don't know why. That is one of the names on my <laughs> lists that I keep changing, but it's not that important, so I took it off. <laughs> I am the mass magician, <laughs> but don't tell anybody. You are. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were the guy. <laughs> Even I had... think. Wait, wait. Didn't Ad Skinner? Uh, wasn't he the narrator <laughs> of the show? <laughs> he was the host. <laughs> Full circle. Full oh, circle. Shit. <laughs> uh, so the second name, since you forced me to constrain myself. To narrow it down. I put handcuffs on you and said, give me three. <laughs> My The second name I want is Lilush. <laughs> if, if you recall, Vladislav Ivanov was... <laughs> Yeah. Was the Russian man coerced onto a Chinese reality TV show? And they say, to this day, he remains on it. I would like to take his stage name, Lilush. Just start singing. I mean, he was so beautiful. They forced him on the show. And he's like, please vote me off. I have the article. (laughs) And... And he says, he told viewers, don't love me, you'll get no results, and repeati- <laughs> repeatedly pleaded with people not to vote for him. Don't love me. <laughs> oh, so very Russian of him to say that. <laughs> Please don't make me go to the finals, I'm tired. He, said. <laughs> he was tired. I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired of doing the show. Please let me go home. <laughs> So, I shall take his name, Lelush. Let's get you on the Chinese singing show. And then I can be on it forever. (laughs) God. So there goes that out the window of keeping a straight face. (laughs) And now for the third and final name that I want given to me. Don't ask, but I used to have a nickname in high school. It was Poker. That evolved to Peanut. I want the next evolution to be Pickle. Just Pickle. (laughs) Poker Poker to Peanut to Pickle? Is that evolution? Did you interdimensional reptilian evolve that from Poker to Peanut to Pickle? It's to coincide with my new new game. (laughs) Your new Kickstarter game. What a perfect coincidence that was. (laughs) 
So myself, Angel, the number three. I'm gonna I'm gonna rank them down from what I would want the lesser more than to the the one I want the most. But uh, my number three would be the Ghost Train. Be known as the Ghost Train. The Ghost Train. Number two. Number two. I I put Angel to make people really confused. I, th- I think we can have that arranged. <laughs> we can just both be angel. <laughs> and I'll say, I'll ask you a question, and then I'll finish it off like I normally do with your name, and I'm like, wait, did I ask myself that? And then you answer the that's question. logical. And I answer my question. I never let you talk like normal. <laughs> number, th- number three is just an undefined symbol. I, I won't even describe what it is. Just think of a symbol right now, and that is what I am. So most likely, everyone listening will think of a wildly different symbol. And it is now related to me, and I and, and that can never be taken away now. It is an infinite aka, an infinite aka. Because if you have a memory like mine, after 20 minutes, you're going to freaking forget what the symbol was. So then I ask... What was that symbol you attributed to me? You don't know, so you have to give me a new one. It's infinite. It just exponentially grows. What was the symbol you thought? Dragon. I'm going to ask at the end of the episode (laughs) what the symbol was. We'll see if you remember. (laughs) So, let's see how R, also known as, holds up to this week's creature. As the book... Monsters of West Virginia, Mysterious Creatures in the Mountain State reads, This creature was immediately seared into local folklore. We gotta put it into full gear here to get to the end of this episode quickly. I'm gonna skip several paragraphs. (laughs) Just throw out some random information. It then tells us we are reading about the, the Braxton County Monster, also called the Flatwoods Monster, the Green Monster, and... The Phantom of Flatwoods. Now, some of these names can prime a person to expect a very specific thing. So when you hear these ones, these names, Angel, what do you think of? And I had to think, I thought I was talking to myself. But this is a question for you. All right, Ghost Train. (laughs) Uh, Well, so Braxton County Monster, I think... You know, when I think of anything, the word monster, I don't really have a specific image in my head. Oh, I don't like the the ones that like name the county too. I I have no no like, cognitive understanding of what what the the policies and economic status and what what life is like in Braxton County. Population count. Like, am I ex- is is he like I don't know? Like, it doesn't give me enough to to go off. Braxton County monster doesn't tell me. I don't know why the hell state Braxton County is in. There could be multiple. And going on off of that, the Flatwoods monster, I thought, like, I kept picturing like swamps and stuff. And then I find out Flatwoods is the name of the city. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So the. And I think of like a. Uh, I think there's a, like a worm, like flat, flat worms or like. <laughs> That's what I think of. Yeah, so so this this uh, this this name goes like in the opposite direction, where it's like it gives me an image of something that's not the thing because it's still the name of the location. How about the green monster? The green monster. I just think of jealousy. I mean, I think of or the Hulk, and I'm surprised. 
I'm surprised you didn't say this because you love your your um, fantasy athletes. But Fenway Park, the freaking left field wall is called the Green Monster. Oh my God! How did I not remember that? <laughs> <laughs> and then the the Phantom of Flatwoods. Well, I mean, it's a an, a a good name in my book, but I just think it's a ghost now. Yeah. Now we got a haunted Flatwoods. Mm-hmm. And it's not even woods, it's a town. <laughs> yep. Yep. So the creature, as described in the Monsters of West Virginia book, claims it, it was twelve feet tall with glowing eyes, and its body looked it looked to be more of a machine, a metallic casing or suit, or perhaps a creature inside a suit. It was dark in color but seemed green to some of the witnesses, perhaps because the metallic surface reflected the green of the surrounding trees and bushes. It also glowed with light. The middle torso seemed like a cylinder, and the lower torso fanned out like a metallic apron of sorts. And the first image that came to my head was the freaking Jetsons with the <laughs> the maid. <Yeah. laughs> um, where one might expect arms, there were only short antenna-like things sticking straight out. Are we sure it's, it's not head... the maid? I... What's her name? It sounds like her now. <laughs> Rosie. Rosie. We got Rosie. (laughs) Its head was round and surrounded by a stiff cowl or helmet shaped like an ace of spades. The round eye looked like portholes. It had no feet but levitated about a foot off the ground and maneuvered around in this manner. Of the names we discussed in thorough detail, Angel, which seems the most fitting in your opinion of this description? It's floating so i i guess phantom fits somewhat when i think of ghosts i think of yeah maybe yeah and then i guess the green monster because of the green yeah color potentially but then at the same time it's like it's it's not very descriptive it's metallic too yeah (laughs) like the metallic monster (laughs) yeah it's the the names that were chosen aren't very uh good Good. We, you can say say good. <laughs> Not very good. In an interview on the show Monster Quest, one of the eyewitnesses of the original encounter by the name of Freddie May described the creature as this. The entity smelled like old televisions that had the tubes in them burned out. That's a smell you know quite well, Angel, right? Yes. Yes, it is. So what does that smell like? Like burnt out too <laughs> you know i i recall a story when when we were younger you'd say damn it broke another tv tube and now it smells like death in my room and i faintly recall a time where you're just known one of your aka's was known as tubes why were you why were you breaking so many tvs back then i don't know i wasn't purposely breaking them okay first of all the two, the TV Purposely. tube would break on its own. I don't know if it just didn't like being on all the time, but I could tell the TV is dying because it would change color, and I had to get up and bang it at the side so to fix its color again. And eventually, just hitting it so many times, I guess it just breaks, and then death, death smell. I like to imagine you just toss them all in the backyard to be. Consumed by the overgrowth of foliage back there. (laughs) 
the TVs or the tubes? The, the whole damn thing. <laughs> the whole TV. How do you know that <laughs> that hasn't happened? That's what I'm saying. It's It seems highly possible that that's what happened. That's what I would imagine what happened. I would never hurt the environment like that. Please continue. Freddie then describes seeing the creatures as this. It was kind of hovering. It had no legs or prongs sticking down to hold it up, and it moved. At the top part, of course, it went in like an ace of spades. From that down, it was like tubes. Not you. It was like tubes. They all go the way, the way around the thing in a circle. They figured about 10, 10 to 12 feet. I've always described it as two like portholes on a boat. And that was the transcription of him in that Monster Quest episode. So overall, what do you make of these descriptions, Angel? I don't even get the description Freddy said. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around what the hell he's trying to explain, and I still don't get it. It's, it's pretty different than the first uh, description, isn't it? And, and he, was, he was there. <laughs> he witnessed it. The, the only thing they have in common so far is that it, it, they hover. Mm-hmm. He said it was, it was kind of hovering. <laughs> and the, and the ace of spades top, I guess. But then, I, what's with the tubes? What I don't. Why is why is it always ace of spades? I mean, all the other cards have the same spade. Why? Answer me that, tubes. <laughs> Pickles, I want to know pickle, whatever the hell your name is. What I want to know is why they keep using the spade as the the description for it. Exactly. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Why not an, an, uh, a garlic bulb? Okay. <laughs> it's got a garlic bulb behind it. That's worse. Come on. <laughs> Come on, tubes. <laughs> I prefer the Come name on, Pickle, Mass please. magician. <laughs> Stick to Pickle. <laughs> Angel. <laughs> so the prominent feature seems to be, as you're saying... This ace of spade or garlic bulb behind its head. So what in tarnation do you think that could be that they're that they're seeing? And and if it is a helmet, can you think of any benefit of having a garlic bulb shaped helmet? I I do think it's a it's it's a helmet. And it's I thought it was obvious it's a way to juice your oranges. <laughs> Juice your oranges. They just go bloop, and then they just twist it, and then the juices run down the helmet, and then the the, the monster can just lap it up as it reaches his mouth. And what would that sound like? <laughs> <sighs> Any other benefits of a ace of spades shaped helmet besides juicing fruit? You can also gore someone with it, I guess. That's, that's what I was thinking at that moment. You can <laughs> you could hover gore somebody. <laughs> Freddie May could have been hovergored. <laughs> so his de- Freddie's description on the Monster Quest show indicates some sort of tubes coming from the creature. This whole thing would have to be some sort of suit, right? Yeah, I mean, not, all this mention of tubes, I'm thinking like these, uh, these old timey, like the, from the the old black and white movies, sci-fi movies, where the aliens are always depicted as having a bunch of wires and tubes for some reason like, mm-hmm. there's no explanation it's just to make it look futuristic so that's what i'm seeing now in my head maybe he saw too many uh species movies or something in the 50s yes 
We would have had a far different creature if he saw those movies then. Like something like a chupacabra? We'd have the chupacabra. <laughs> yep. So with, with that being said, Braxton County Monster, Flatwoods Monster, Green Monster, and the Phantom of Flatwoods, I need you, Angel, to rank them from worst to best. And maybe even with reasons as to why. So we can determine with finality which name we should use going forward. Okay, um, so worst, I think, is Phantom of Flatwoods. That's interesting, because as we were talking, that sounded like the one that sounded the most like it. So, wow. Well. Wow. Where, where's where's uh, Owen Wilson? Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I looked up, you know, if you look up Phantom in the dictionary, it says, definition, a ghost. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Who the hell sees Tube Man here and says ghost? Exactly. And for anyone who wants to be absolutely sure, the definition for a ghost is an apparition of a dead person which is believed to appear or become manifest to the living, typically as a nebulous image. Although this does not uh, handle the ghost train situation. Just just replace uh, being with the train. Yeah. So a nebulous train. So yeah, the thing is this description sure it hovers, but that's the only thing that it has in common with so called ghosts or phantoms. Everything else about the way this thing is described is not phantom like. I don't buy it. Simple. No. Number three. So the next worst or I guess next best is possibly Flatwoods Monster. Because okay. that one doesn't just it doesn't tell me anything about what I'm looking at. It's it's kind of like the Van Meter Visitor. Like, just give mm-hmm. the location and then some word. Like, that doesn't do anything. Yeah. Sorry, Chad Lewis. Not the NFL player. <laughs> then the next one after that, I think, is Green Monster. Really? Okay. Yeah, this is second second best, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Green Monster, because, you know, yeah, it reflects its surroundings and its metallic structure, and sure, it might look green. Not and number... Oh. Yeah, no, that, that's it. <laughs> yep, and, no, and number one. Number one. Controversial as it may be, Braxton County Monster. Now, <laughs> my reason for picking Braxton County Monster is because of the nickname that you're now going to ruin it for me <laughs> so i don't know how to continue here <laughs> <laughs> so let me ruin it for you angel we have a late addition to the ranking locally it is known to some as braxy seemingly a mishmash of braxton for braxton county and the godlike influence of the loch ness monster or nessie has had over the naming of creatures so where would Braxy fall now in the top five names. It sounds like it sounds like you're a Braxy boy. I most definitely am a Braxy boy. I want to greet this thing as "What's up, Braxy?" because that's just how I roll. I refer to Nessie as Nessie. Roll. <laughs> I refer to what is it, Chappy, Champy, Champy. And if you're gonna tell me the name is Braxy, I'm gonna go with Braxy. Chappy was a robot. <laughs> no, uh, Champy. Is the one I'm thinking of. I know. I thought you you said Chappie first. <laughs> Wait, who's Chappie? Chappie the robot? You never saw Chappie? 
If I say yes, will you stop being angry at me? Saying chappy? <laughs> so with five different possible names, Angel, this... I mean, I, I'm very confused. But I know something that has never confused a single person since its origination, as it only goes by one name. Cotton Eye Joe's Razor, the axiom that states for the Braxton County Monster, a.k.a. Flatwoods Monster, a.k.a. Green Monster, a.k.a. the Phantom of Flatwoods, a.k.a. Braxy, to come from somewhere. Therefore, the Braxton County Monster, a.k.a. the Flatwoods Monster, a.k.a. Green Monster, a.k.a. the Phantom Monster, a.k.a. Braxy, must go somewhere. So, where did the Braxton County Monster, a.k.a a.k.a. Flatwoods Monster, a.k.a. Green Monster, a.k.a. the Phantom of Flatwoods, a.k.a. Braxy, come from. Last season, Angel, I think we actually went back into time to 1955's Kentucky to investigate one of the single greatest alien siege stories of all time with the Hopkinsville Goblins. That story had it all. Aliens, shotguns, well water that was so good, I am now on record as saying it could have actually been the fountain of youth from the famed pig trafficker Juan Ponce de Leon was looking for. It even had theories of a gang of escaped circus monkeys attacking a family. We never gave that theory enough credit. We just glossed over it, I think. A gang of escaped circus monkeys could have attacked a family on that night. We just ignore it completely. And they just took like 200 bullets and just kept coming. That gang was like 600 monkeys. And then they all disappeared, I guess. This time we must travel further back to the far off distant year of 1952. This time to a place that has become near and dear to your heart, Angel. West Virginia. This is our third or fourth time seeing a West Virginian entity. So my first question is, why is this place an epicenter of strangeness? I believe that West Virginia is the all the ley lines culminate or cross. Damn, it's a it's a ley center. Yep. That's a lot of energy then. A lot of supernatural energy. Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Odd, abnormal energy. <laughs> Odd, abnormal, yes. The reason I brought up the Hopkinsville Goblins, or as you have been known to refer them, the Hopscotch Gobbos, is, be- is because they seem to be a mini version of the Flatwoods Monster. They were said to have a metallic nature to them. They floated, and they were mainly considered to be aliens. And on... And only a nearly three-year time lapse in between these encounters. This is something I did not see a single time in my research. So I'm curious if you did. But do you think it is a possibility that these entities are actually related? I did not see any of this in my research either. And I am completely enthralled by this theory. I do think they're related. In fact, I think that they, the Hopkinsville Goblins or the hopscotch gobbles are in fact the flatwoods monsters offspring how does the flatwoods monster give birth asexually lay an egg no hmm. asexually 
It just splits in half. <laughs> My God. <laughs> How does it get armor? It's it's inborn. <laughs> so the suit's part of it? Yep. There you have it. <laughs> Let's see if there are, if we can find any other similarities to this story. As I said, we are going to the year 1952 on a mid-September night in Flatwoods, West Virginia, as you always say, which is almost at the center of that state. At 7.15 p.m., a group of boys playing on the lawn of the Flatwoods Elementary School see a bright light streaking across the sky and crashing into a hillside on a farm. In the updated and revised edition of his book, The Braxton County Monster, author Frank Fraschino Jr. details several reports that night of flying saucers in the air. He explains that one possibility of so many people seeing UFOs at this time was due to the Cold War. The government had requested that civilians look to the sky to watch for possible nuclear missiles or Russian planes as there were severe radar dark zones throughout the country. Some 300,000 people volunteered to watch the skies, the night skies at that time, and it was estimated that another 300,000 probably uh, people were probably needed to be able to fully cover the, the nighttime skies. So, Angel, put yourself back in 1952. How does one identify an incoming nuclear bomb? I believe it's when they see uh, something in the sky and it's just getting larger and larger. And then what happens? And then, and then they say, oh, hey, look. <laughs> and then they say, oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> One of the major criticisms of this encounter is that it was not a UFO, but just a meteor shower. Have you ever seen a meteor in the sky, Angel? Yes, I have. In fact, I believe I have seen a meteor shower as well. Do you think, like when you saw it, was there anything that you could have thought, this doesn't look like a meteor? Like, was there anything ever that like, crossed your mind that said, uh, that could be a UFO? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because I was aware there was going to be a meteor shower. In fact... Mm. There was a time where I did see something in the sky. It was to, uh, it wasn't completely nighttime, but it was becoming night. And there was this weird streak in the sky that was darker than the rest. And it looked like it stretched on for, for miles. Don't know what that was. There was another time I saw something that looked like a fireball. It looked fairly close. And it was just going straight down. And then it just kind of fizzled out. I have no idea what that was either. But not once did I ever think <laughs> UFO or anything like alien. Could have been some sort of flare. Yeah. I just thought it was It looked cool. I was like, what it is looked, that? Uh, it, it looked uh, odd abnormal. <laughs> <laughs> I think the streak in the sky looked really strange because mm -hmm. I'm like, what is like, how is wh why is that part? That one little line darker than the rest? Like, what's going on? It's like a, a zipper in the sky. Yeah. Unzip it. A, a, Where do you go? A tear in the fabric of reality. In the book, uh, Faschino details an interview he had with eyewitness Freddie May. Freddie states, We all looked up and saw a fireball coming over the mountain here. It came right over the top of our heads. It looked like a round ball of fire 
oval-shaped, and the colors of the object were red, yellow, and orange. It emitted a small trail of fire, and flames were trailing behind it. So with your expert witness testimony here of seeing it before, this sounds like a meteor, does it not, Angel? Uh, yes, yes it does. Albeit, it seems like it was a bit closer to them. Freddy then adds this tidbit. It tilted up as it started to land. It came down and lit on the other side of the mountain, right up there. Freddy has some weird sentences. Just over the edge, we could tell it came down up there. <laughs> what do you make of this? Of the tilting up and the deliberate word usage of landed? So clearly to Freddy, this thing did not crash. And if it if it was a meteor, they said nothing of an impact sound It uh, if it remained intact prior to impact. So I don't get what he means by tilted up. Like, how can you tell? Something? It almost sounds like it, yeah, it, it came up a little bit to prepare for its descent down to the ground. Almost as, as you would expect a, a, a ship to do. As it was coming into land. And then uh, presumably it landed. He watched it land. And then what happened to the ball of fire? He never, doesn't make any mention if that if it just goes out or if it stays on. Yeah, because you, you presume that the fireball is because it's coming in at such a high trajectory. That's the friction against the object. And that's what's causing it to light up. But when it's coming to land, you would think that the... Fire would go out. There's no more friction. As much friction as that was through the atmosphere. Yeah. So I don't know. But I, I feel like Freddy leaves that out. Fred, I feel like Freddy's a bit unreliable. An oh. unreliable witness. Dang. I said it. It is then. Controversial statement. It is then that six boys, ranging from the ages of 10 to 17, a dog, and two of the boys' mother, go to investigate what occurred. As they arrived, they were greeted by a pungent, nauseating, sulfur-like odor that permeated their nosers, nosers, their noses and throats. There was a misty fog in the air that was described as emanating from an isolated source that was located up the path ahead of them. Another witness described the smell as a kind of metallic odor. What is your first impression of the smells in the area? It seems like they're in a swamp. Like some swamp gas. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm curious if if you were to see a misty fog emanating from a single source and the air is putrid, do you willingly walk into it? Well, that depends. If I hear the sounds of a crying, sobbing woman, then maybe. Otherwise, no. I mean, didn't we just talk about not running towards sobbing women? I've had a change of heart. What was the sobbing woman? Oh. <laughs> Now I remember uh, a whole sobbing woman episode. I was like faintly recalling why would why did we talk about not years doing years ago? We did. Uh-huh. <laughs> now it makes sense. <laughs> they also reported hearing a noise that sounded like a whining noise, something up until that point none of them had ever heard. Since the encounter, Freddie May had actually worked with electrical compressors and noticed that when they were shutting down that uh, they made the same type of noise and are described as whining to a stop what do you make of the sound now knowing of what freddie added later in life the whiny noise 
Yeah, it's, I, like, I imagine he described it poorly, but it almost sounds like some like an energy winding down, dude. being shut off. Exactly like that. Yeah, <laughs> like a, a, a ship is powering down. Mm-hmm. I f- yep. I feel like Freddy's in, in Dolby surround sound. <laughs> yeah, Freddy's like very trying very hard to get us to believe that this was a, some sort of spaceship, and he's trying to tell us like maybe there was a sound, but he's trying to attribute it. It's like, oh, it sounds like a spaceship winding down. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I can't believe him anymore. So I'm, I'm giving him the skeptical so, eye. Wow. I mean, Pickle said it. <laughs> Doesn't believe Freddie May anymore. Now that I hear you calling me Pickle, I, I kind of don't want that <laughs> name <don't> anymore. And <laughs> that was your number one name. Okay, mass magician, it is. <laughs> And you didn't even want that. I gave it to you. <laughs> I don't even remember what the other names were at this point. That's my memory. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been like seven hours since we started this episode, so. <laughs> I know where the f- I am. Uh... <laughs> Interdimensional reptilian. <laughs> that. That um, <laughs> that article greatly affected my life. I have to like think about this later tonight. Of just like, man, what's going on in Venezuela? <laughs> the book Mothman and Other Curious Encounters details the encounter where the group goes to the top of the hill where the suspected UFO landed, even though pickle. This, almost no no uh, agreement that this was a, a UFO. So the book details the encounter when they get up there that goes on to say, The entity's top was level with a branch of the tree, and it seemed to end about some six feet below. It was about the size of an enormous man down to the waist. It did not have any arms or anything else sticking out of it, but it had a distinct head. This was shaped like an ace of spades. However, this head had a large circular window in it through which they could see a darkness and two things like eyes, which stayed fixed and shone straight out. When further questioned about the latter, the witnesses agreed that these were the two objects behind a translucent panel that emitted light, pale blue in color, in the form of direct fixed beams about the dimensions of a standard three-cell flashlight. That's always what I think of. These, they all say, were focused way above their heads and to the south, and only moved with the entity as it began to glide down. This, it finally did, first toward them and then in the direction of an object which was lying pulsing in the tall grass nearby. The creature then hissed at them. One witness likened the noise to meat frying in a pan and it even spewed a black, oily substance on Kathleen May, the mother. When author Frank uh, Faschino Jr. asked about the substance, he inquired if it burned her at all, and she stated, No, I didn't even notice it was on my uniform until I got home. So in summer, Angel, we have strange odors, a misty fog, hissing, blinking lights in the grass, a floating 12-foot-tall entity that shoots black oil. Overall, what do you make of this encounter? It's pretty wild. This is unlike the previous descriptions. This thing now has uh, 
defense mechanisms. Do I have a shapeshifter? <laughs> or a reptilian shapeshifter? <laughs> could be. Or it could be anything else that's also reptilian for whatever reason. Yeah, and in, in this description, it sounded like so. There's like one panel in the helmet, like Cyclops style, mm-hmm. that both the eyes looked at, but oh, like the other descriptions were like multiple portholes, so each eye could look out its own porthole. Perhaps, uh, perhaps these are multiple Flatwoods creatures, and but it, but it's all the same encounter, is it? Yeah. That that's my understanding was all one encounter for this portion of it with the boys. Huh. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that several people are telling me are describing the creature and they're saying different things? They aren't saying different things. This is where I think it's a failure of the authors of some of these books because they actually had the boys draw what they saw and they all drew very similar entities of just a uh, a head in front of a spade mm-hmm. and it had two eyes it didn't none of them drew like large portholes so i i think it, it's a lot of just like poor authorship or so like trying to describe the creature in different ways i don't know there seems to be a lot of inconsistencies yeah. through book to book and, I, and i'm not again i don't uh, Suppose if it comes from different sources of the, the prime source, or if it's just a, um, a misstep in authoring the retelling of the story. So it's funny that uh, we talk about this now because Frank uh, Fascino Jr., I was reading his revised book, and he was stating the whole reason he had a revised book was because his publisher basically rewrote the entire book without his consent and like changed things and it had like glaring typos and was horribly edited and things like that and he's like i'm I'm never doing another book with this publisher again <laughs> what does contract required another book to be done with them and it was like this it was like six pages of him explaining this i don't know it's a, a lot a lot going on with this encounter that only took s- several seconds being scared of what was occurring the party fled the area one of the boys was described as fainting and a history.com article has a quote from a man named john gibson a high school freshman at the time who says one of the boys peed his pants and that the dog ran with its tail between his legs (laughs) is that not the most 1950s put down of these kids angel quite how would you describe the scenario if you were in the 1950s and you heard it? What would you say of these kids? I wouldn't say they peed their pants. That's absurd. Or would you Billy Madison and pee your pants too and say that's what the cool kids do? No, I wouldn't do that either. That's absurd. I don't even know who John Gibson is. <laughs> He's just a guy that history.com quoted as saying the kid peed his pants. A high school freshman at the time. <laughs> there's no there's no profession here. <laughs> You don't know if you to trust them. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I just picture like him and his like big uh, school jacket. They're going to get some shakes and they're talking about the encounter in their blue old timey car listening to some old timey music. They're all laughing at the kids peeing their pants. (laughs) 
I mean, that's that's what they did back then, no? Mm-hmm. Yep. In respect to the smelt in the air, the Braxton County website has an article on the encounter and states, some of the members of the group suffered from throat irritation, vomiting, and nausea, which persisted for days. It was said even the dog was vomiting. These symptoms were passed off as a side effect of hysteria. But it is worth noting that these are also the telltale signs of exposure to mustard gas, the, the website claims. So, Angel, did the Flatwoods monster use chemical warfare on children, a mom, and a dog immediately after arriving on Earth? I I mean, you say chemical warfare. I say it's probably the chemical makeup of this creature. Defense mechanisms. Like a skunk. <laughs> yeah. It skunked him. <laughs> so, it is reported that Ricky, the dog that accompanied the group to investigate, died two days later on the Monster Quest show in an interview with Frank Fescino Jr. He stated, several of the original witnesses have either been diagnosed or died of cancer. Was this a cursed encounter, Angel? I mean, it sounds like it could be. Or maybe this thing exudes some sort of radiation. And none of them became superheroes? Unfortunately. <laughs> that we know of. So, <laughs> like, from the entity's point of view, was this not the most flubbed encounter he could have had? So he arrives, children show up, he ejects <laughs> mustard gas like chemicals, spits oil at a woman, and seemingly kills a dog. Could this have not gone worse? <laughs> I want to know is, is that the oil on the woman, she didn't even notice it. And what was it supposed to do? Uh, like a squid? <laughs> I don't know. Like another defense mechanism? I just think the mustard gas kind of is more effective than oil. Than the oil? She, I mean, she didn't even realize it occurred, so exactly. it was zero effective. Or, or maybe it recognized the female of the species and says, oil, or rather, its oil is maybe some sort of reproductive mechanism. Oh. And then thus, two years later, we have the Hopkinsville, Hopkinsville conference. <laughs> The hopscotch gobbles? <laughs> yep. Uh, it's a theory. It's a, I would call, sound theory. And maybe maybe it wasn't the woman. Maybe it was the fabric that she was wearing that the material needs to bind with to form this creature. Well, I mean, you already said it reproduces asexually, so why not throw some reproductive secretions onto some fabric? That's how it gets the metal body. <laughs> so this was not only the this was not the only major incident reported. The following day, September thirteenth, about twenty miles south of Flatwoods, a couple named George and Edith Sintowski and their nearly two year old child were driving through a rural area on Route four when their car suddenly died. The Braxton County website details the encounter as this. Mr. Snitowski attempted to restart the car to no avail. It was nighttime and the road was deserted. While the Snitowskis were 
trying to decide what to do, a foul sulfurous smell filled the air and their baby began to cry. A strange bright light filled the darkness and the couple witnessed a 10 foot tall creature hovering in front of their car. Description is similar to that of the original setting, except the monster was not wearing what is presumed to be its spade-shaped hood. Instead, its head was reportedly reptilian and bony. The creature dragged its lizard-like hand across the hood of the car before drifting away into the woods. As soon as the monster was out of sight, the car restarted and the couple sped away. In the Monster Quest episode, Angel, I saw it was also described that the lizard creature's hands burned the paint off the car where it touched it. Now, this is classic UFO car stalling encounter. What do you make of this second encounter now? When I hear these kinds of cases, I always think I want to know if the people portrayed in this story, if they were already familiar with the first sighting yeah it's odd because it so happens the next day was there enough time for this to spread throughout uh, 20 miles south of the town i don't know that'd be interesting i didn't see any indication that uh, i think george and edith knew of the first uh, of the previous encounter and i think there was even an encounter before the boys assuming that they don't know about the encounter then i think this is there's there's something there that this has to be some sort of thing it's reptilian nature it attacks a car i mean it all fits it's it all fits everything that we've looked at this entire season i, I have to i have to apologize to hector uh, escalante <laughs> did he have a car in his upstairs <laughs> floor that he wanted to attack if, if only we can take those pictures of those footprints and go back in time and show the couple, is this what mm-hmm. that creature's hand looked like? Oh, yeah, because this one didn't have feet. <laughs> it's floating like Dr. Robotnik from Sonic <laughs> style through the air. <laughs> in this second encounter, why would the entity be wearing wearing less of its outfit this time around? So it didn't have its helmet. In the Monster Quest episode, at least, it also depicted the creature as not having its, like, shirt on. And boy, oh boy, it had, like, a six-pack. <laughs> Ripped. <laughs> this, this lizard man was uh, swole. <laughs> so what what, like, what, what, ex- like, what reasoning do you think it would have that it doffed its armor? I think... So I think the hood thing, the helmet... Uh, whether it had two port holes or one, I think that panel thing is probably what, like how we see a lot of in sci-fi movies when we given the point of view of some someone wearing some advanced suit, and you see all these little uh, numbers and statistics appearing on yeah, the screen. Yeah, like the the HUD. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what this thing is to this creature, and it you know after its in- initial encounter with these other beans like oh no mustard gas get away <laughs> once it, it's like a pokemon attack <laughs> <laughs> once it was able to settle down and kind of observe the area and the the readings it gave it told it that oh this is a breathable atmosphere and he can take off his helmet the predator had to keep his helmet on yeah well until he went like he really he took his armor off didn't he to fight arnold yeah 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 so he had he... to get down he had to get down to brass tacks <laughs> 
<laughs> the predator could clearly breathe the air on Earth, but there mm-hmm. was the mask was giving him a lot of information. And then he said, uh, 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 I don't need this. <laughs> so with that being said, where did the Flatwoods monster go? Where did Braxy go, Angel? This is an interesting one. As I saw claims that this was the last of the entity ever being seen. But then I also saw other claims that it has been continued to be seen since the 50s. So I don't know what that's all about. How can something be both never seen and continued to be seen? I think we have this situation in a lot of the cryptids where maybe it's not the exact same thing, but for example... I think it was the the squonk. <laughs> God. <laughs> was it the squonk? I, I, I'm not sure. Or the who gag. I think that it died and it was the last of its kind. So how could anybody? Yeah, it was the, the, the guy in Minnesota that clubbed it to death when it was in a <laughs> quicksand or a swamp or some shit. <laughs> yeah. So. And yet there's still maybe talk of like sightings. So it's like. Is it the last one or are there more? What's mm-hmm. going on here? I think it's the same situation. It's like, oh, and Spring Hill Jack is another one where people, some people have seen him here. In <laughs> that the bastard's been alive for 160 years. <laughs> Springing over football fields. <laughs> <laughs> with his, um, with his copper or whatever that he's... <laughs> Burn copper yeah. was so, was that? I don't think we were talking about this. Was that our first copper encounter? It, it might. I uh, I think it was. Yeah, we mentioned the copper with the hodag, and then Spring Hill Jack made mm. fire breath out of mm-hmm. copper. Okay. I mean, you would know being the mass magician. <laughs> so there are a few theories out there, pickle, to explain what in tarnation was going on for these few days in 1952 there were rumors that the federal government was investigating which eventually turned out to be true as part of project blue book they identified the encounter as of potential interest eventually they deemed it it was what has become your favorite explanation angel it was an owl how about that this owl i feel like the this People that keep it's the same owl. It's the same owl. It's not an owl, it's the it's, owl. It's immortal. <laughs> How can it be an owl? Do How can it not? Do people not know what owls are? We've discussed this before. Nobody knows what animals look like. Except for a dog, because the dog was with them. And then it died two days later. Like we didn't really talk about that. What's going on with this dog? Oh gosh. There's so many things going on with, with... Yeah, it's it doesn't doesn't make sense do you do you think the owl theory is a possibility that that so i think the explanation is so the owl could have been up on top of the uh, up on a branch and the way that the light was hitting it it made it just looked like from where the owl was sitting was the head and the foliage of the tree and overgrowth or what have you made it look like a body was hanging down from the owl so it made it look like it was 12 feet tall, but still hovering because of the way that the foliage shadowed. So Is it plausible? There was a history show that came out oh, uh, a few years ago based on Project Blue Book called Project Blue Book. A good name. <laughs> but it was, you know, fictionalized dramatization kind of thing. So 
they're, they they had to throw in stuff in there that was like you know keep the drama up. So it's not really supposed to be accurate, but they did address the Flatwoods monster in an episode. I had a hard time understanding how it could be an owl, but the way when they showed it in the show in the in the episode, they they presented how it could possibly be seen as an uh, as a thing, and it was like the owl was like you said like there it was on some tree and the branches were shaped in such a way and and then they had to like do like shine a light in a certain way and, and the guy was like look and then it kind of looked like the thing and it's like oh, okay i guess i can see that at the same time i'm like well the people that saw this like why would they it's still like you could still see that it's it's a, a bird on a tree like why would they think yeah they had a flashlight i like, mean they shone the light on it I think at that point, you know, these people, their imaginations are running wild. So they, they, the first time they see something with eyes and they just automatically assume mm-hmm. it's some alien thing. The interesting, the other interesting thing is that I was trying to find the actual Project Blue Book files. And there's a, I guess they did it like in several spurts. And so mm-hmm. they ha- it's called the Condon Committee. They released this thing uh, called the Scientific Study of Unidentified Flying Objects. And so they have, it's on fully online. I was trying to find the specific, the Flatwoods case, but I don't know how they, they have it. They have a section of case studies. They don't say the, the, the location names. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just clicking randomly to see if anything like seems similar the thing, the only thing I noticed is in every case is it reads the same, the exact same thing. Oh God! And it's like, oh, like all of these could be the Flatwoods if I wanted to <laughs> just pick one. It's they, like the Chupacabra. <laughs> they they all start with some guy saw something or saw some lights or saw some pulsating. Some every little thing you've talked about is is in one of these case is studies. Every single encounter. Yeah, and I was just like, I guess. I don't need to search for the Flatwoods case specifically because all of these can can be it. Just point to a page. It's potentially that one. <laughs> and they all have all of these case studies have explanations for them. If you want to believe them or not is a different story altogether. But mm-hmm. essentially the conclusion the government the the committee came to is that these were all misidentifications of weather phenomena um Airplanes, uh, tests, uh, testing of air, air force stuff and weather balloons. If you could believe that. And, and owls, owls is in there somehow. Goddamn weather balloons. (laughs) The other theory that was, uh, postulated is called, I've entitled the great ball of lightning theory. So the book. Ball Lightning, Paradox of Physics by Paul Sagan, argues what was seen that night was indeed a ball lightning. So this phenomenon varies in appearance from translucent to multicolored and has been observed everywhere from high altitude to near power lines during storms or just during a sunny day. It can hover or uh, move in erratic ways, explode, make hissing noises, and even give off a sulfurous smell. So... Is ball lightning not the greatest thing ever, mass magician? Yes, please. You want more ball lightning? More, more, yes. 
I would like I, th- all these kinds of things. When I hear something like that, I'm like, can can we do this? Can I can I see this ball of lightning? Because that mm-hmm. sounds awesome. Can we just harness ball lightning? <laughs> if we could harness the power of the ball lightning, the things we could do. It, it, I mean, it fits a lot of the uh, boxes here. Yeah. Uh, uh, hovering, explode, like hissing noises the sulfur smell but at the same time my god these these children were several feet away from ball lightning and they didn't know it made it look like a a 12 foot tall monster that part though i don't get like how could it be ball lightning and they didn't die (laughs) well i mean they didn't they the dog die (laughs) dog died and they all got cancer so Does Paul Lightning give you cancer and kill dogs? I don't know. We're going to have to ask Paul Sagan. <laughs> Email him. Paul Sagan, do dogs get killed by Paul Lightning after two days of witnessing it? I don't know. Is there is there anything else that you wanted to add before we get into the rubric of power for Braxy? Uh, yeah, actually. I found... Uh... A cryptids with a Z, or a Z for you American folks, uh, dot fandom dot com. What? Is Pickle not American? Listen, Pickle could be whatever you want him to be. <laughs> anyway, cryptids dot fandom dot com on the Flatwoods Monster says this about its origins, which I thought was a unique and interesting perspective. It says, the Flatwoods monster sprung into existence soon after the Mothman began to plague the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh, Well, I'll let you continue, but I want to pipe in on this one. (laughs) Point Pleasant was able to turn their local cryptid into a major source of tourism, and it is now the city's main source of revenue. It is possible that the citizens of Braxton County saw the money that Point Pleasant was making off of Mothman-related tourism and wanted to recreate the results with their own local myth. This theory is supported by the fact that the story of the Flatwoods monster contains multiple (laughs) inconsistencies. Uh, So I read that same exact thing. I was like, wait... (laughs) This is an inconsistency. This occurred before the Mothman did. <laughs> Mothman wasn't until like 17 years later. <laughs> so so that's the interesting thing about this. Why would they think that the Mothman came first? Is this a theory <laughs> uh, like that you're going into? Or <laughs> well, are you just going to end with that statement? <laughs> no. Um, my theory... Is what I mentioned earlier. I think it's the owl. It's not an owl. It's the owl. The owl. It's not just any owl, though. It's the interdimensional <laughs> owl. Oh my God. The ultimate stakini. The interdimensional <laughs> bird being uh, of a bird nature. <laughs> so rather than the the ultimate dimension reptilian, mm-hmm. it's the bird of that. Yes. Of, uh, what was it? Hector Escalante. Yes. You see, this owl creature thing can explain the Van Meter Visitor, the Mothman, this guy, the Hopkinsville Goblins. Hopscotch, hopscotch gobbos. 
the other ones that I can't remember right now. Uh, Snallygaster, they freaking captured an owl, <laughs> put it in a cage, and made people pay money to see it. <laughs> There's no other explanation. We keep coming back to owls, and, and I thought to myself, why haven't we scrutinized this owl more? <laughs> There's got to be something to this owl itself. It's not a true owl. It's 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 why owls are known for their wisdom. Because probably the people who thought that were encountering the interdimensional being. And they kind of look like an owl. And they're like, oh, wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that's the theory. You know what else owls know? What? How many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Three. <laughs> what a dumb... Like... Why doesn't he bite it after one or even not count and just bite? <laughs> I, I never understood He's got that. the jaw strength to just bite that thing apart. It could have just been a bite and then <laughs> he eats some rocks. <laughs> to crutch up. He needs it to digest its pickles that it eats. <laughs> so how about then, Angel? Pickle. Masked magician. <laughs> how about then the rubric of power for... Braxy. Powers of Braxy. <laughs> hit me. Hit me with the powers. So you know how I love uh, searching for powers on this thing and find myself on that favored website that lists the powers of the Flatwoods monster, even though we somehow, well, in this case, it, it, it is pretty accurate to what we've talked about, except for one of them, which is enhanced supernatural speed. Don't know where that came from. <laughs> There's no mention of it being faster or speedy in any... It seemed... Like, I pictured a lot, like, as slow as the Hopkinsville Goblin. As the Hopscotch Gobbos. Yeah. Um, it it's never... kind of floated it, away. It never seemed speedy. Yeah. Um, especially the, the, the second sighting story, where it's just kind of brushing past the car and putting its hands all over and burning the paint off like, like a jerk. What a jackass. <laughs> It's like trolling the the, the people, like <laughs> burning your car. Bye, and he, and it just hovers away slowly, menacingly. You <laughs> have to wait until your car Starts powers up back again. up. Yeah, because he's like moving at the speed of a turtle to make like really piss you off. Like, God damn it! Get out of here, scat. <laughs> yep. Um. But the other powers listed seem, I think, I agree with. Fear inducement. I mean, that should be a given for any I cryptid. Mean, <laughs> did he break into your house? <laughs> um, he. Some of those kids were so scared they puked, it seemed like, was the uh, description from some of the books. Even the dog vomited, Angel. So... Well, I think that the vomiting is less fear and more of the next power, radiation generation. <laughs> like, is he like shooting off gamma rays? <laughs> He's shooting off all kinds of rays and getting you cancer. <laughs> so stay away. He's the power of cancer. He's, he's the worst gift giver in this dimension. I don't know why this is listed as a power, because I think it just falls under radiation generation, but it also has a sickness aura. Don't know why that's listed. Yeah, it seems like it would be similar to the radiation aura. And then it has a natural presence. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) 
I mean, aren't is all... It, yeah, is it so unsettling that it induces more fear? Is this like Slenderman level of... He had, a, he had a putrid fog pickle. Uh, so... <laughs> a fog. He also loved wells. <laughs> that well water is connected mm-hmm. to the hopscotch gobbles. And and he's, and finally, he's got levitation. This thing, I think the thing. So before you say that, I recall in previous seasons, you absolutely foamed at the mouth when a creature had the ability to fly. So, how does levitation make you feel? I, I well, I'll tell you right now. The score I've given this thing, all the things listed, is a two. Because of the levitation? Well, I mean, the levitation does not make it any better or worse. It's it's not fast, despite the listing of supernatural speed. You would think if something hovers, it would be able to get away quickly. I don't know. I just assume there's speed when something flies. And then all the other things like inducing fear and radiation. It's like, okay, cool. But... You know, it's nothing out there, not outstanding. Uh, I, I suppose we can attribute the gas expulsion abilities to it, but at the same time, it's like, is it being expulsed from the entity or it's hovering trash can that it's in? Is that what expels the gas? I don't know. You Can you imagine traveling the stars for who knows how long and, and you're biggest defense is to skunk people away like <laughs> it seems anticlimactic this one ha- is uh, I think the powers it, it, it's very hard because say it, it has a space suit on are these just really the powers of the suit it's like take the Flatwoods monster out of the suit uh, Pickle you love the Marvel movies so you know this, it, it's like Tony Stark mentoring Peter Parker, where he says, it shouldn't be the suit that makes the man. So I think eventually the specific line that he says is something to the effect of, if you're nothing without this suit, then you shouldn't have it at all. So <laughs> should this entity have the suit at all? Is it allowed to have that responsibility or is it using it poorly? I want to know, like, what can this thing do without the suit? Can it do anything? The frogman had a wand. <laughs> this didn't. Although this one had something pulsing in the in the grass. Maybe he trapped his wand. So I was conflicted a little bit. I landed at a, a 2.75. How about the detectability of the creature? Don't know how to rate this one. It's It's one of those where it's like, the only times we've heard of this thing is because there was at least sightings. Two, two reported sightings. It's, I don't, I'm having a hard time finding other sightings of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a website that has like, sim- it says other similar encounters, but I don't know if similar means they're referring to the the flatwoods monster itself <laughs> or reptilians apparently <laughs> and and now now that we know that it apparently looks like a reptile underneath this hood 
is this just a, a class of of lizard man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it a lizard man? Is it a frogman? I mean, <laughs> is it an iguana? Iguana <laughs> with no tail? Because because it's my uh, the the thing's only been seen when it's been reported, though it's never been captured. I gave it a two point five. Oh. At loss for words, pickle. <laughs> so this thing is as trash as the garbage can it levitates in. <laughs> it it lands on Earth, is immediately found by children, and then the next day attacks people in a car. What the hell is this thing doing? What was its grand plan? It, it reads like it could have been a Steven Spielberg movie in um like 1981. Or if we go to like 2003, it could have been a J.J. Abrams ripoff of a Steven Spielberg movie as another possibility. So uh, I gave it in detectability a one. How about then the lore of the creature? I thought I was going to get a bigger laugh out of my J.J. Abrams things, but I didn't. (laughs) Lore. This is one of those where the the fact that there's people out there writing lore that says that this Mothman happened before the Flatwoods. <laughs> Just wantonly throwing uh, incorrect things out there into the ether. <laughs> that means it's like they're hurting for some, some stories. I think they... they in retrospect, I think I'm going to go with what they're saying, but in a different way, that Braxton County saw the popularity of the Mothman when it happened. And they're like, hey, we had a thing back in the 50s. Like, mm-hmm. why are we capitalizing on that? And I don't know. They just haven't they just haven't done well. And, and they realize Mothman got popular, and they're like, "Now they're now we're just gonna look like we're copying them." So, uh, I think the lore needs some help. Needs to spruce it up a bit. Maybe bring it to 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 modern times. Uh, we need more sightings. We need we need more merch, more creepy pastas. The hard part is it's not very creepy. <laughs> I mean. If you saw a floating lizard in a garbage can, <laughs> turn off your car. <laughs> it just looks at you menacingly and, and, and wipes floats his... away. <laughs> yeah. Takes away some of your paint and then floats away. I would be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> it's making you feel something. I mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, gave it a one. Yeah, this one is tough because it it's seemingly only around for a few days but in the in the overall grand scheme of cryptodom it is it is a pretty popular entity so overall it feels it feels like a less interesting hopscotch gobbo encounter <laughs> and i i wasn't enthralled by the story of of this one like i was with the hopscotch gobbos that one was just like a uh, a roller coaster ride of emotions getting there. Everything so, ex- escalated so quickly. Mm-hmm. This one didn't even have any guns. 
You can't so, even, you don't even know if it's impervious to bullets. Nobody wantonly shot at it for no reason. <laughs> How's that happen? So I gave it, in the lore and mystique, a 2.85. How about the most controversial of all, Pickle, the cunning and intelligence <laughs> of the creature? The cunning and intelligence. Um, I don't know. This thing, it just doesn't seem to be doing anything for with any rhyme or reason it's just there and then you know oh somebody approached me i'm gonna mustard gas it and then <laughs> mustard gas and then, can you imagine if you did that someone's coming up to you you spew mustard gas at them <laughs> you ward war won them <laughs> it's i don't know and then and then i guess uh, and something i just thought of now how come the couple whose car got turned off while it was passing by. How come they didn't get any radiation sickness they... or cancer? Well, do we know? <laughs> Did George and Edith die of cancer? Uh, I mean, they're dead now, aren't they? So. <laughs> I would assume so. I mean, George and Edith, they, those names, they had to have been old during the encounter. <laughs> so, yeah, they must have died. So it must have been because of that. You can only oh. attribute their death to that. Cursed encounter. Put it on their tombstone. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I don't I don't know. This thing doesn't seem particularly intelligent to me. It's just, just there. Mm-hmm. I give it a one. Yeah. Very, very difficult to rank this segment of it. As it it does it it does nothing. It just exists. To take a phrase from you, tubes, back from season one, it's dog shit. <laughs> However, <laughs> speaking as if it is an alien and arrived in, on a spacecraft, I, I have to give it a four because it mastered space travel is the way that I ended up looking at it. So regardless of the abomination of what happened when it arrived on this planet, it at least got here. So either it made the spaceship or its peoples made the spaceship so i'm hoping that it was at least smart enough to fly it so that's where my my take on it is probably the widest variance that widest variance that has ever occurred in our rankings a one and a four in the same category so how about impact on pop culture then i think this is interesting because because I consider, considering what we talked about and how little we know about this thing, I think the 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 po- popular culture influence is actually is pretty pretty up there in terms of video game usage. It seems yeah. a, it seems a lot of video games love this thing, at least love to depict it. But before I get into the video games. I just I just find this funny that the the of, officials in Flatwood erected a welcome sign which designated the town as home of the green monster. I feel like the green it's monster the should be its with. official's name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, if they're calling it the green monster. But now we go by Braxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they have a they have like a festival. So good on them, I guess. They'll never, gotta, they'll never gotta, beat the Mothman. Gotta do the festival. <laughs> they'll never compare to the Mothman. <laughs> Especially in West Virginia. Ooh-wee. Yeah. 
so let's see. Um, they've appeared. So the Flatwoods monster has been uh, appeared in games such as Fallout seventy six mm-hmm. and and everybody's golf four. Don't know why it's in a golf game, but <laughs> I mean, I hope you have to putt through underneath its levitating body <laughs> for the easiest putt ever. <laughs> um, it's also in Amagon, an NES game. It's Space Harrier 2, a Sega Genesis game. Tumble Pop, an arcade game. Ninja Baseball Batman, an arcade game. <laughs> Ninja Baseball Batman. <laughs> uh, Wild Arms apparently has a monster uh, called the Hyo Conton, which is looking like a spade-shaped creature. The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask has uh, creatures named them that are modeled after it. Hmm. You can conjure one in Scribble Knots. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wonderful 101, a Wii U game. Wii U. <laughs> Wii U. Uh, <laughs> Is that calling the ambulance? Tomodachi Life. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but it's a Is DS a Wii game. Wii U too? Oh. <laughs> it's a DS game. And Flatwoods Monster and the Mothman appear in that one. Ooh. Well, just like uh, Fallout 76, Mothman's in that one, too. I believe also the Snallygasters in that one. They went all cryptids in 76. Exciting. Um, They have... um, uh, The Flatwood Monster is the subject of a song by Argyle Goolsby and the Roving Midnight. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So... Pickle. Argyle Goolsby is a horror rock artist who writes songs about horror films the macabre and things unknown so his song the being is written about the flatwoods monster it is on their album hallow bodies available at the flatwoods monster museum if you could wow. believe that wow <laughs> <laughs> and apparently it shows up in chapter 218 of the manga shinraku <laughs> chapter <laughs> Oh, sorry. Ika Musume. Right next to the Ningen? <laughs> Probably. Rides to Japan on the Ningen's back. <laughs> so it's it's had quite an impact, especially in video games for some reason. I guess the... the, the especially like heavily Japanese video games. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a, the description of it, I think, makes for good uh, depictions in video games for some reason. Don't know why. Uh, because of all that, I give it a 2.5. Mm-hmm. I feel like this one is one of the most t-shirt-friendly entities that we've seen so far. There are a ton of t-shirts that you can buy. If you if you want the if you want Braxy doing something on a t-shirt, there's one out there of Braxy doing that on the t-shirt. There are tons of just little figures and knickknacks of the. Uh, Flatwoods monster that you can get so that's kind of neat I recall one article I read about a guy who sells figures that he made for $30 a pop and he has sold over 1,000 of them in the past two years so good for him I'm doing that the entity seems to be a major economic driving factor for the town and possibly the only economic driving 
uh, factor of this town for better or worse. And um, there are, of course, numerous beers named after it, especially with so many Akkas. <laughs> There's one pretty much for every Akka. Uh, we talked about Argyle Goolsby. He's got his album at Flatwoods Monster Museum. But there's also a song by Captain Catfish, a punk band described as having an Appalachian folk music flair. They have a song called The Phantom of Flatwoods. One of the lines, Angel, is... Oh, Phantom of Flatwoods from Moon or from Mars, maybe from God, not the stars. Please tell us why you fly over our trees, the end of the world, or an omen of peace. I mean, if we were still doing season one intros, my God, that would have been perfect. Uh, So on top of all all that stuff going on, I ended up actually giving it a three on impact on pop culture. Ooh. So where did you add up in your total score? My total is a 9. And I was at a 13.6. So that puts us at a combined score for Braxy, an 11.3. Awesome. This is amazing. <laughs> the Unbelievable. <laughs> we have 13. Uh, 11.3 sits right, right below Lizard Man. No way. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yep. Sits above the hop, hop, hops. <laughs> I can't anymore. Hopscotch gobbles. Way above them. So it sits on top of its spawnlings, just below its cousin. I guess we can finally put that Flatwoods monster to rest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you wanted to bring it back to life for some reason. Uh, I suppose it could be reincarnated as a Martian. Immortality? Yep. Mm. What Maybe if-, if we ask it, we can find out where the switch behind the Sphinx's ear is. <laughs> if we can reincarnate into a Martian for immortality. Does that mean we can then ask the Martians to reincarnate our cryptids into Martians? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, then we would have immortal cryptids. Such as Merlin? Mm-hmm. Santa? Martian Merlin? Martian Santa? <laughs> Are they aliens? <laughs> I mean, at this point, there's this lizard folk. Everything else this seems to be, my God. So now that we've entered into our eighth hour of this uh, call-a-thon, where we're hoping that you called in to donate at least 20 cents to us, uh, no one called in. How about you wrap up this episode? (laughs) Okay, Angel, then. Wait, what? (laughs) Who? Angel, that's you. That's your name. At least one of your names. I don't don't know. I'll go with Ghost Train. This is less confusing. (laughs) It's time to put away that metal skirt and take off your spade (laughs) helmet. We're going to Twitter. You're going to Twitter town. (laughs) Welcome to Twitter town. Bust in the door. 
catch you on the on the computers. And you can you can find us on Twitter Town at Cracking Curios. You can tweet at us, send us a message or two or three with the hashtag Crack Cryptids because that helps us know that you're listening. You know, you can even include a secret hashtag to let us know that you heard this episode. <laughs> you say it's, it's secret hashtag? Yeah. The secret hashtag is I love beans. <laughs> there we have it. Hashtag I love beans. <laughs> so if you if you include the hashtag I love beans in your tweet, that means you're listening to this very these very words. What a missed opportunity to do hashtag stones and pickles to (laughs) cross promote your Kickstarter and the show. That's a separate issue. I said hashtag stones and pickles at the beginning of the episode. If they don't include that, I don't care. But we need to know if they're listening to this very end. That's why we need to have the hashtag I love beans and hashtag crack cryptids. (laughs) Hashtag milk chuggers. (laughs) All the hashtags. Hashtag Police Academy, hashtag. <laughs> hashtag Shack Unit. Hashtag um, Cabos, hashtag Craig T. Nelson, hashtag Coach. You can follow us on Instagram at Cracking Cryptids. We post things there every now and then. We'll try to be better about it. You can. <laughs> Or maybe not. I don't know. Emails is still a thing. Possibly in this apocalyptic future. (laughs) (laughs) CrackyCryptidsandCurials at gmail.com You can send some messages there. (sighs) And subscribe to our podcast. (laughs) I don't know. It sounds like I'm being held at gunpoint at this point. It's like the the Lizard Man episode where the guy kidnapped you. Put you in his van because you wanted the circus peanuts under his seat. And he said, explain to me, the lizard man. It's happening right now. I see him. So please follow us on on, on, on whatever favorite uh, your favorite podcast platform is. We're on most of them. Um, don't don't be afraid to give us a like or two if, if it's if your platform you allows it, <laughs> not on YouTube. They took away at least took away dislikes. We were well, already banned, so at least we can't okay. get dislikes. <laughs> and as always, make sure to check underneath your beds before going to sleep, because there too can be a monster named after your location. Toodles. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. Burning your car by.